Oh, coffee or tea? Hot cocoa. It is snowing ah. on the ground here, so it is snowing. Um, I guess we can include this in pre-show talk. We never have any pre-show talk. Um, I meanwhile have water. <laughs> it is snowing pretty good out there, though. So yeah, it took a decent break for a little while there, but uh, it 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 does it. It has uh, definitely picked back up. Oh yes, and I I have a few assignments left to do for math, but that's going to be done throughout the week to for an exam coming up on this Friday. So, uh, yeah, I finished everything for today. Um, I got I'm um, I'm I'm focusing on like three different languages at the moment. My advanced objects uh, oriented programming class is using C plus uh, plus. My operating systems using Linux class is using C. And my data structures class is using Java, so I'm balancing three different syntax structures in my mind, and it's not going well. Oh, I know that. Like, it is... It's very hectic. Um, uh, so, yeah. And uh, I was just going to do a couple of them tonight, and then I was going to probably end the homework for tonight, because I, I have yet to play any video games, so... <laughs> gotta gotta do that while you still can. Yeah, especially um, as the semester gets deeper in. So, so I guess we can get started here. Um, our first topic for today is uh, the RTX 3060, NVIDIA's uh, addition to the 3000 series. Um, it has been interesting to try to look at news for this thing, but um, the only thing that I keep getting is... Uh, the worry of many people trying to get access to this graphics card once it comes out because the 3090 and I don't know what other edition it was as well, but, um, they are all try, <laughs> they're all owned by, I should say people that have, uh, listings on eBay for about like 200% above its required cost or even above that. Um, I personally would like to get one, but, um, I don't think that's going to happen until they go out of style and the 4000 series is here or something else or, but I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on this, uh, 3060? Well, I, I don't know a whole lot as far as 3060 rumors go. I will say though, on the topic of being able to get something like that, prices for graphics cards at the moment are ridiculous. Well, that's because the new mining craze has gone again and people... Like, there's so many different kinds of coin. I only know Bitcoin, but I know there's so many more, like, doggy coin now, and I think. I think it's called doggy coin. It's something coin. So, there's just so many different uh, variations out there, and and people need to either grab those graphics cards to game, or they're going to use them for mining, which... Um, there should be another topic in next week's episode about um, NVIDIA trying to solve this issue with uh, creating a new chip about just for people who mine, but I don't know how that's going to go over. Well, and a lot of this has to do with the fact that uh, with the new year brings the return of tariffs on on imports from China. Um, And that's where a lot of these manufacturers source, you know, source labor and and, and components from. There's a a 25% increase on, you know, electronic uh, components imported, in, in 2019 alone, that's shot through the roof since since the, the new year began. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's crazy. Um, I was looking. I actually have a gaming computer. I don't know if I've ever listed or said this in the show, even though we've had... This is only our second episode. But, yes, I do have a gaming machine. I built it myself. Um, it's a little bit more outdated than most machines are these days. Um, it's a Core i5 7400 CPU with uh, 16 gigs of Corsair memory. Um, not really sure what the clock is on the memory, but uh, it's an Asus Rogue Strix board. Um, I, I don't, I can't remember the model number off the top of my head. Um, then it has a GTX uh, 1050 Ti from Nvidia. So, and I was looking at the price of my card that I have in my machine, which is the 1050 Ti, and the prices are at, on are ridiculous <laughs> for this old of a card. Oh my God! They've, like I said, they've gone through the roof. I. In my uh, gaming computer, I have a 1660. Well, had a had a 1660 Ti in it. Uh, it was a gigabit 1660 Ti. I think at the time I bought it for 230 dollars, maybe. I'm looking on Amazon right now. That exact same gigabyte GeForce GTX 1660 Ti running for 689 dollars before tax. Yeah, it is just ridiculous. That's why I don't. I, I mean, people that are out there that are listening to us and there are, and they are mining for coin. I mean, I don't have any problems with it, but, um, I'm just having problems with the shortage, which I know it can't be controlled, but I just wish it could be back to the good old days where graphics cards, like you said, were only $200. I bought my GPU in the middle of the mining craze, so I paid about four or $500 for it. Um, it was a big chunk of change. Yeah, it hurt. It hurt a lot. I remember saving up all the money during my summer job to actually pay for that card back in high school, and it was still, it was still just it hurt buying it. And, um, now that I'm trying to keep it as long as I can, I really want an RTX 3060 because they said the price on it's only supposed to be what three or four hundred dollars, which is amazing if we can get our hands on one before. Other people can. And it's not just miners for this card, too. There's people out there that will buy the card, or buy multiple of them. So even on the wait list, if you're on the wait list for one, you won't be able to get one because people will be buying like two or three of them at a time and selling them for profit. So so speaking of prices, you know, amazingly awful segue. LastPass, LastPass free is about to take a significant hit. Uh, there, the 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 article that I read basically says that there's the, the biggest change coming to LastPass free is that you you will have two options when you sign up for it. You'll be able to pick either using the mobile uh, version of LastPass or the desktop version. It sounds like they're not going to be able to sync with each other anymore. Or you know, my guess is it's probably still going to be using the same password database structure that they use. Um, but there will be some sort of a of a a programmatic limitation on it that says, "Hey, I'm coming from a mobile device. If if my account is provisioned for desktop only use, block this request essentially." Um, and 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 that's gonna. I feel like that's gonna anger a lot of people, um, myself included. I'm a LastPass user. I switched over from KeePass about a month ago. Actually, I was having issues with um, my phone syncing with Google Drive. So the way I had my password safe set up was I had a KeePass database file that was in my Google Drive. There was a local copy of KeePass installed on my Windows computer. Uh, 
on a couple of my Windows computers, actually. And those had, it was a G Drive Sync plugin, I believe it was called. Um, and that uh, used uh, an entry inside KeyPass for syncing uh, the password database from your local computer to Google Drive. Uh, and that worked fine when I had my Android phone because, you know, Android, Google, Google Drive, it all talks to each other because it's the same platform. When I got my iPhone, that that wasn't the case anymore. Uh, there is, when you download the Google Drive app on your iPhone, it does create an entry in the Files app um, that allows you to manipulate files on Google Drive as if it were part of the, the native ecosystem or the native file system. Um, and that worked a majority of the time. Uh, I had, I believe it was the Keypassium app um, on my iPhone that read the, the password database file from the files app in the iPhone. And that worked the majority of the time. Um, it got a little buggy around Google's uh, less secure apps policy setting. Um, in order to make this work, I had to tell Google that I wanted them to be able to support less secure apps on my account uh, before anybody tries to hack me. That's been since resolved. Um, but that 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 put a, a, a big issue with me using KeyPass across all my devices. Um, so about a month ago, I decided to switch to LastPass. And that was a grueling effort because trying to export from KeyPass and import into LastPass, it didn't didn't just work seamlessly like it was supposed to. What I ended up doing was sitting there one by one, copying and pasting from KeyPass into LastPass, all the way down through, I think I had like 230-some entries in my password safe. I had to do those one by one by one by one, and it sucked. It took forever. I swear to God, I sat on the couch for like five hours just moving things and putting things in the right category because at the same time I was also weeding through all my old passwords and you know which ones do I not need which ones are miscategorized um, because the internet category in my key pass was kind of just the dumping grounds for everything so I was recategorizing and kind of filtering out what I needed what I don't need anymore it took forever and now for them to literally a month later come out and say hey this free service that we offer is no longer going to work the way it does now. Oh, that made me mad. So to uh, avoid doing that whole five hour ordeal again, I will probably just suck it up and pay for keep uh, for last pass premium. Um, it is, it, it's $3 a month uh, when billed annually. So I'll probably just do it because it's 36 bucks a month plus tax. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it sucks. Or 36 bucks a year, I'm sorry. It's $36 a year plus tax. It's not the end of the world. I've pissed off $36 in worse ways. Yeah, and I never had this problem with, uh, you know, the whole transferring thing one by one because I was actually even less secure. I used Chrome's, and I'm not saying Chrome's passwords uh, management is bad. But um, it wasn't really up to snuff with uh, my security, um, like kind of just my my things that I like. Uh, I've lost on the word for it, but um, anyway, I 
heard about LastPass uh, from Nate and also other people and saying how great it is, how it syncs up with your phone and syncs up with any other device. Uh, so I switched over, I think about a month ago. I All I had to do was just export the um, Google password file, which it basically just goes into just a file type and then uh, you import it with LastPass and you're, you're off to the races. It might have a conflicting password here or there, but there is an option to get rid of the older entries, so it will just delete them. Um, it also works with importing from iCloud uh, Password Manager as well. So I was able to just go in and and uh, just able to, I guess, just import all my passwords to one thing. Um, now that I heard that this free tier is no longer being free, uh, I, I did get upset as well. Um, it wasn't really the end of the world for me because I know I, I already pay for so many other subscriptions. I sound like I'm rich, but I am not. Uh, I am a college student. <laughs> so it's, it is hard to cough up the bucks for more subscriptions, but I think I will do it as well for LastPass because I have it on my iPad mini and I also have it on my phone and on my on my different various um, computers, so it's it's hard to let go now, now that I've gone to something so nice. Well, if you're still not sure if you uh, actually want to fork out the cash or not, you've got three weeks to decide. Uh, March 16th is the cutoff date. Uh, as a LastPass free user, your first login on or after March 16th, 2021, uh, will set your active device type. Um, you'll have Three opportunities, uh, as I quote from this article from LogMeIn, uh, the parent company for LastPass, uh, you'll have three opportunities to switch your active device type uh, and explore what's right for, what's right for you. Uh, please note that all of your devices sync automatically, so you'll never lose access to anything stored in your vault or be locked out of your uh, account due to these changes, regardless of whether you choose computers or mobile devices to access LastPass. So yeah, changes coming to the uh, password management world. I can't say that I'm excited, but I also can't say that I'm necessarily surprised. Well, it's they need to make money somehow. Yep, and and, and the cool thing is is that, that uh, LastPass offers uh, a family subscription uh, where you can have, uh, you know, multiple multiple people. I believe it's up to. Five or six. It is six users uh, for families uh, for four dollars a month. It's it's only a dollar extra for 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 five extra people to use uh, your password safe. And I believe that you all get your own individual password safes. And then there's a, like a, a shared thing that you can put uh, passwords that are supposed to be you know for like paying the utility bill or rent or blah 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 blah. I think like this would be a cool thing to 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 look into. Uh, except the only other person that I would use it with, uh, is using one password and I'm not sure that I have the clout to get her over to LastPass, especially, you know, the, the gruesome, uh, transporting, uh, the uh, process that I went through. So I'll probably just end up paying the $3. I was just going to say, uh, this might be a loophole for some people because yeah, it's the dollar extra. People could just pool in and pay 50 cents a month instead of the $5. I have a feeling you just add an email and they send you the invite for the family. And because that's basically kind of like Apple Music, I do have a Apple Music subscription for the family. And in order to do that, I have to send them the invitation. So 
I don't know if, like, I know random people can't just join in, but I know that's a thing where people can just group together and be like, okay, we all use LastPass, we can all buy it, and we'll we'll just pay 50 cents a month, 75 cents a month for that family tier, and we won't just, we just won't use the shared vault. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how they 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 determine what a family is i'm not sure what their definition of family is you know like i'm i'm for the 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 spotify family sharing um you have to be in the same household so your same billing address now there's really no way to prove that so i don't i don't know what they'll what their their differentiation is i don't know if I'm sure that's already a thing that some people are doing. Um, I'm sure that'll be a thing that some people try to do to get around this. Uh, time will tell. Yeah. Speaking of time, <laughs> I think that's going to be a thing. We should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Brought to you by the worst transitions known to man. Yeah. All right. So back to the transition and horribleness. Um, speaking of time... Uh, time will tell, and if any, any of you out there have YouTube TV, YouTube TV is actually going to be adding offline downloads and 4K streaming to those who have the bandwidth to do that, um, according to a article that I was looking at that I cannot open now. I will. I should have had this opened. Again, we're not known for our speediness. Okay. So, according to the article... Um, it, we don't know exactly when, but we heard that YouTube TV, um, is going to be announced or well, they already announced that they are going to do 4k streaming as well as offline downloads. And I think this is a good step because already YouTube has the offline downloads for just videos. So it's kind of like taping a show, like a cable company, you're allowed to tape shows onto your DVR and stuff like that. And I think this is a step in the right direction, but also this is a step kind of in like YouTube TV becoming your normal everyday cable company, except there's no cable. It's just all over the internet. So, and and the the language used in this this uh, release from YouTube TV kind of uh, it it says this add-on package, and, and and that would lead someone to believe that you'll have to pay additional than the, than the $65 a month or whatever it is for YouTube TV, um, to, to get this, the, the, the ability to, to, to save DVR content offline, um, and to receive content in 4k. Um, I'm a YouTube TV subscriber. Uh, I, I, I enjoy it for the most part. I'm a little frustrated by, the fact that they lost uh, their contract with Sinclair for for the regional sports networks, but we'll get into that in a couple of minutes. Um, I'm a YouTube TV subscriber. I like it. I, I I believe it's worth the sixty five dollars a month. Um, you get you know access to their vast majority of, of or the their 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 vast content library of of on demand uh, viewing. Uh, you get DVR access. It, it, it's it's a good subscription for sixty five dollars. Um, I'd have to do some soul searching to see if I'm to 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 make the decision as to whether or not I'm going to purchase this add on. Um, 4K when watching TV, I don't know that that's 
worth it. 4K when watching movies, absolutely awesome. I'm all for it because, you know, you get yourself a good 4K TV and surround sound and you've got yourself a great viewing experience, a great movie consumption experience. For TV, I'm just a casual TV watcher. You know, I have it on the background when I'm doing dishes or when I'm doing homework or, you know, watching TV before I go to bed, but I'm, I'm a very casual TV consumer. I don't know that I would need 4K TV. Um, now, the ability to download your content offline would be pretty cool. You know, the, the YouTube TV's got a lot of cool stuff out in their on-demand library. The ability to download some of that and watch it you know, on the go would be pretty awesome. But here's my question with that. Uh, some TV providers give you the option for when you record, or maybe they don't, because I, I know my family um, has their TV provider and they record shows and it doesn't skip the commercials, um, but I know some of them do. Is YouTube TV actually going to cut out the commercials when you download it, or is that going to be something that is not? It's just going to take up more space on the download because you're recording, let's say they'll let you record in 4K, you want 4K TV for when you like go on the road or something and you want to watch something, of course, while you're not driving, but um, you're just watching it and then you get a commercial and then you got to skip past it and stuff. So, Yeah, I'd be curious to see how that works. Um, as it sits right now, when you're watching live TV on YouTube TV, it uses the baked-in you know, uh, commercials from the, from the, 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 the channel from the, the, the broadcast network for their on-demand, uh, library. YouTube TV seems to do kind of like a dynamic ad insertion type deal. Uh, you, you, you select something from their library, you watch it and every five, six, seven minutes, whatever it is, you get a commercial essentially, and it's got the little, you know, the, the, the ad box up or up in the, the, the upper left hand corner synonymous with, you know, YouTube. So that, that, that leads me to believe that they do some sort of a dynamic ad insertion process. What that would look like for offline content. I'm not sure. I'd be interested to see how that comes out because as you said, that's just more space that's going to be taken up on my phone, on my tablet, on my computer. Um, and if they do decide to go that route, are they going to use, you know, the 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 network provided commercials that are baked into the broadcast, or are they going to do some sort of their own dynamic ad insertion that goes anytime next time the device is online, grab the newest batch of uh, commercials, and well, when you're watching video, we'll just throw them in here wherever we feel like it. I I don't know how that would work. I would hope that they wouldn't throw commercials in there, but I'm sure they will. Um, so more to come on that. And, uh, well, speaking of YouTube TV, in September, at the tail end of September last year, uh, YouTube TV uh, and Sinclair both announced that uh, YouTube TV would no longer be carrying uh, regional sports networks or their, uh, you know, the Fox Sports Network affiliates. <clears throat> so on September 30th, uh, this release happened. Um, and if I recall correctly, there's uh, there's 
a, a, a phrase in there that says something along the lines of Sinclair and uh, YouTube uh, will continue negotiation and talks to see if they can bring the RSNs back to the streaming platform. It turns out that that is not the case. On January 27th, Sinclair uh, Broadcast Group announced um, that in partnership with Bollies, uh, the RSNs would now be in a first-party uh, partnership-provided streaming platform. So what's formerly called uh, your, your Fox Sports Network are now your Bollies Sports Networks. And, and for those of you who are unaware, uh, for the, 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 the five or so minutes I spent searching this on the internet, Bollies seems to be a sports betting platform. So what Sinclair has done is they've partnered with Bollies to provide a platform or an app where you'll be able to both bet on sports and consume them at the same time. Uh, they haven't released any details as to what the subscription package prices are going to be. Um, the only thing that's been released so far uh, is the uh, the new logo uh, for the network, and I will have that in the show notes. Uh, so, so uh, the 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 previous Fox RSNs are now going to be rebranded the Bally's RSNs. So, uh, if I remember correctly. What used to be Fox Sports Wisconsin is now going to be Bali Sports Wisconsin. So we'll see what happens there. I will probably end up uh, subscribing to that because <laughs> I need my baseball. Uh, they're 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 planning on having uh, they are planning on having the app released by the uh, by the time the baseball season starts this spring. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they uh, live up to that promise. Yeah, like me on the other hand, I don't really need baseball if i'm really interested i'll just look at the the highlights of the game once the game's over um or i'll listen to it on the radio because that's more nostalgic for me because um, i remember when i was a kid listening to it on the radio of uh in my grandparents house we'd sit on the porch my whole family and we'd listen to it on the radio so yeah, we yeah, wouldn't see, even... my favorite part of uh, listening to baseball on the radio though is uke's stories bob uker's stories you cannot beat Bobby Uecker's stories. They're almost more entertaining than the baseball game themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes baseball gets uh, a little boring. Unless a fright breaks out, then it gets really exciting really quick. Um, speaking of... Well, it's not really fighting at all. Again, terrible transitions. We need to work on that. Or we can just slap it on a t-shirt, and I'd wear the t-shirt. Horrible transitions brought to you by us. Because, yeah, I don't know why. It's just a weird thing that I'm cooking up in my brain. But anyway, so I don't know about you, but I like telling the time with. Uh... <laughs> I like telling the time. I don't know about any of you. Um, and recently, Amazon Amazon has um, developed, you know, that uh, it's an animal analog clock that hangs on your wall has alexa built right into it um anyway apparently amazon will build a alexa cuckoo clock that's right you heard it right a cuckoo clock if it hits its pre-order goal if it does not they will not build it apparently amazon is doing a new kind of promotion where 
people suggest things and they'll be like, that's actually a pretty good idea. They'll put it on Amazon's site and if it gets enough pre-orders and if it hits a goal, then they'll actually build it and sell it. Now, I don't know about you. That sounds really cool. Is the assistant going to be the bird on the cuckoo clock? Is it just going to like pop out and tell you the time or whatever you say, Alexa, to hail it? It will like pop out of the clock and I don't know. It just sounds really interesting. There Again, there was no pictures really to it except on Amazon's site. Um, on one of the homepages, there was just a picture of a cuckoo clock, like a, just a generic cuckoo clock. But um, I know that would be really cool to see. I got to say, when I first saw this in the show notes, I was a little... I want to say appalled. It was it. <laughs> you think of something as ordinary as like a wall clock in in a home, integrating with with a with a digital assistant like Alexa or like the Google Assistant or like Siri or something. I kind of just laughed. I, I <laughs> laughed for a while, um, but no, this is an actual thing. Um, uh, Amazon is. Uh, offering or planning to offer a smart cuckoo clock um this is a it's what they are calling a day one editions concept um it looks pretty cool it 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 looks you know like your ordinary clock um your ordinary cuckoo clock ordinary cuckoo clock yep it's got a very flat design it it it, it's got it's kind of a a house shape uh it's got a house shape box to it with you know your step your typical you know dangly dude head at the bottom and it's got a little hole at the top for your bird to come out um very modern looking i i kind of i gotta say i kind of like the way it looks i probably will not pledge for this but i kind of like the way it looks um speaking of pledging if this is a thing that you decide that you want uh amazon is charging 79.99 for the day one edition um, and they are, they're, they're looking to, I guess they're just kind of looking for feelers to see, you know, if people are interested in this or not. Um, it doesn't say what their pre-order goal is. However, it does say that they have met 39% of the pre-order goal, uh, since February 17th. So this has been live for 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 four days and they are already almost halfway there so <clears throat> the the special price for pre-orders made uh before uh the, the, the sorry the 79 dollars is is a special pre-order price um and after march 19th it looks like uh price increases to 100 dollars. so if you want a uh, uh an alexa enabled cuckoo clock I'll uh, put the link down in the show notes as well as a uh, link to a picture of it. Uh, yeah, a uh, smart assistant enabled cuckoo clock. I can't say that I ever thought that I would uh, utter that phrase, but here we are. And the thing that I like about it is I was doing some research then because, of course, um, I need to know. I'm a little bit nosy. Uh, what Amazon's charging for other cuckoo clocks without the Amazon assistant? Like uh, Nate said, it'll be a hundred dollars after a certain date because it's only just the pre uh, the pre order special goal thing. Um, they they range from like sixty dollars, and that's like your eh, that's your entrance cuckoo clock. But if you're like a cuckoo clock collector, they will go well over a hundred dollars. They will be just pristine 
cuckoo clocks. And I'm interested in where this is going to go. Like our other business is going to be allowed to do something as a pledge for like, it's going to be like there be their own kind of startup thing where people will pledge something. And if it meets a pre-order goal, like people actually want this product, they will purchase it. And this got me thinking, and again, I'm on the topic of clocks. Cause again, like I said, I like to tell the time. So, um, and I'm curious where this is going to go. Like if people actually meet this goal and get a cuckoo clock, is Amazon going to like come out with a Lex enabled grandfather clock and like, uh, one of the ones with the eyes on it, except the eyes inside are Alexa, you know, they go from side to side and it's actually like a security camera or something like that. Like it senses movement, like a ring camera or something like that. Um, but it's just interesting to know that Amazon wants to do this, but I'm very, very curious with other companies that are outside of Amazon or like only sell a couple things on Amazon to offer new products. That's the way to promote them is with this new kind of pre-order pledge software, like, uh, protocol that they're going to do. Yeah, I'd be curious to see where this goes. Uh, I have the feeling that we will probably end up seeing a uh, Alexa-enabled cuckoo clock before too long, but... Uh... Time will tell. And not to piggyback off of Garrett's terrible transitions, but speaking of time, our throwback tech topic for this week is the first mass market smartwatch, uh, the Pebble. Uh, I know I had one of these. I abs- I didn't have the original Pebble. I had the uh, the Pebble Time, I believe it was. It was the, the one with the color display. I loved it. I the, the cute little animations that it did with the little vibrations that went along with the little jumpy doodad things. It was awesome. I loved my Pebble. Uh, I unfortunately got mine three months before that uh, the, uh, the, the, the Pebble and Fitbit uh, acquisition happened uh, and Fitbit decided to kill Pebble. Um, but nonetheless, I still got plenty of life out of mine. The the app worked. The 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 services for the Pebble worked for a long time after this acquisition happened, and and even after that, uh, there were services like Rebel, I think they were called, that that allowed, you know, for for continued use on uh, on your 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 now uh, supposedly dead smartwatch. So. Uh, Gear, what'd you think of the uh, the Pebble? Oh man, Pebble brings me back. Um, I personally did not have one, but I remember my uncle had one of the first ones. Uh, he had a black one. It had the the like the black and white display, or more known as the gray display. Um, it was really cool. Just three buttons. The screen actually wasn't touch, so you had to navigate with those buttons. But I remember just seeing it, and I'm like, what is that on your wrist? And he's just like, well, it's a smartwatch. And I'm like, smartwatch? And he's like, yeah, it connects to your phone. And I'm like, oh, this is sweet. And then he just showed me around, like, the navigation of the the watch itself. And it was really cool. And I just remember, I think he had the Pebble Steel, which had the metal band on the outside. Um, and I, Or maybe this was later after he got the first Pebble. But I remember seeing it, and I wanted one, but they were kind of out of my price range. So I remember buying a, um, this, again, this was way later. Um, actually, my first smartwatch wasn't even an Apple Watch. It was a Moto 360, first gen. And I got the steel band and all that, and I got all the fancy stuff. It was round, like an actual watch. It weighed about, it felt like it weighed about 10 pounds on my wrist. Because every time I was walking around, it felt like my arm was on the ground and I was walking. 
because because it was so it was so heavy and it wasn't even supported for that long the moto 360 first gen uh, had android wear it wasn't google wear yet because they didn't really like join together yet but it was android wear and i remember wearing it for about two weeks i had to wait a week because the jeweler had to add new bands on it um because my wrists are too big but after they did that it was no longer supported (laughs) so i was just wearing a paperweight and i remember seeing the pebble time or the pebble time coming out with its color screen fancy stuff and it still had the three buttons still no touch still no touch screen but it was amazing i remember seeing it i'm like wow that's an amazing smartwatch, but again, it was like two hundred dollars, and for the time for a high school student, uh, it was kind of out of reach. Um, but I think Pebble was an amazing smartwatch company. They actually opened up everything for wearable technology, because before that, there wasn't really anything in accordance to smartwatches or anything like that. You just had your basic watches, like a Casio, or I mean, if you were really out there, you had a um, Rolex, um, but it was just amazing to see that notifications and stuff from your phone could go to a wearable device on your wrist. And that's why we have like the Apple watches to this day and stuff like that. And unfortunately Pebble was bought out by Fitbit um, because they just didn't really have many designs left. I know had they had the Pebble time round and like the Pebble round, which was more, it looked like more of a traditional watch. But then after they got bought out, shortly after, we did see a new Fitbit, the Versa, come out. And that had the same design as the Pebble Time. So at least we know we see little bits and pieces of Pebble here and there with the Versa. But it's still sad to see them go. Yeah, it is. It, uh, you know, I have fond memories of my first uh, my first smartwatch, that Pebble Time there. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I will uh, I'll remember it. It's unfortunate that they're... Uh, that they're that the end of Pebble's story ultimately came in demise, unfortunately. I remember hearing about that um that Rebel thing, like he was, like Nate was talking about earlier. I actually showed him that because I was actually looking around. I'm like, man, there has to be a thing to get these things working because it was such an awesome watch. There was actually just a open piece of software out there that made your Pebble connect again and made your Pebble work again because, of course, when Pebble was bought out they were shut down and all the watches that were out there were no longer supported which means like they wouldn't connect to the phone and they wouldn't they wouldn't work right so when rebel came out and it's funny pebble rebel it's pretty funny play on words (laughs) but um i'm getting ahead of myself um rebel actually it was really cool I, i showed nate it um he he tried it and it worked for it actually put out what was it a few more months out of your pebble i was gonna say it it gave me a a good three or four or five more months of uh, good active use out of this out of this out of this watch before i uh eventually replaced it with a tick watch e yeah and i replaced my moto 360 with an apple watch so (laughs) so um but i meant to ask too and this was another thing about pebble it had an amazing battery yeah it 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 didn't have the worst battery in the world I certainly I didn't get the the touted battery life of whatever it was seven days I think on one charge I never got that but I got a good two days out of it you know I remember having to charge it maybe every other night um, at the beginning there and then you know 
as as it got older had to certainly charge it more and more often but if i remember correctly for the pebble time uh the 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 battery life was supposed to last numerous days well actually for the original pebble people have actually seen this goal happen and they were very truthful um pebble claimed back in the day when they first came out with the original pebble um, that it promised a 10 day battery life. And most people got that. And it, I think it's because it didn't really have much to it. It was, a uh, a gray screen with black little animations. And again, it would turn off after a while after you wouldn't, again, it would still kind of have that gesture. I don't even think it had that really. I think that was the pebble time. You had to actually like press the button to wake it up. So that's probably why. Well, and and the cool thing about the e-paper display is is the only ba- the only uh, the only energy that the display takes is when it's changing. Uh, once the the display is 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 changed to the the screen that it's on, it no longer consumes any power. The biggest contributing factor to going from you know the the Pebble's original display to the new Pebble Time was the addition of the backlight. If I remember correctly, I don't believe the original Pebble had a backlight. Don't quote me on it. But I I, I remember that the the Pebble Time did, uh, and and I feel like that's part of what what brought the the decrease in in battery life from ten days to the touted seven. Again, I never really got seven days out of it. Maybe at the be- certainly not at the beginning because you know it's all new and fancy and you like to play with it forever. And you know, the first day you get your phone, you have to charge it three or four times because you not not stop playing with it. But then after a while, you know, you start to see the prolonged battery life. I, I never got the seven days though, that, that, that the pebble time was, was supposed to come with. Yeah. But another thing that was nice about the pebble, not only battery life, uh, which like my Apple watch, I have to charge every day. Um, Another thing that was really good about it was the price. Uh, I actually just looked, and when it was the Pebble's original price, and I knew it was around this price, it was a, its original price was $100, and it was only $50 more for the Pebble Steel, which had that metal band. Otherwise, you just had that normal kind of rubbery band. And that was not bad for 2016, or that 2013, sorry. 2016 was when it was discontinued, but 2013, that was... Um, that was an amazing price for a brand new piece of technology, especially wearable technology. And I was looking now, uh, Pebble or Pebble, the Fitbit Versa, which is basically the design off of the Pebble. Uh, it retailed for two hundred dollars. Um, and I think that's a big jump. Yes, it introduced a lot of things like the touch screen and all that, and the heart rate monitoring, which the Pebble did not have. But I was, I would probably think if Pebble was still going today, they would have kept up with other uh, manufacturers and still had a really nice product and for half the cost. Yeah, I, you know, Pebbles were definitely not known for being expensive. You know, even for the, the new and improved color version that I had, the Pebble Time, when it was released on uh, at the end of May in 2015, its introductory price was $150, if I remember correctly. You know, it's it's they weren't bad for the... The caliber of watch that you got. Now you go to like the 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 top of the line, you know, Apple Watch, you know, like the the Series Six Forty Four Millimeter, and you pay four hundred or uh, yeah, four hundred and sixty dollars for it. 
So, and that's just for the aluminum one. If you want a fancier one, like stainless steel, <laughs> that's not going the stainless steel or the 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 titanium editions. That's like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. It's it's fine. Yeah, I'm all right. I'll 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 uh, test my luck on the aluminum body. And I guess uh, being a Pebble user, was there many apps out there that you could get for it? The 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 Pebble app library was surprisingly expansive, and, and the the, uh, the 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 reason for that, I feel like, was that the SDK was open to anybody. You know, you you've got like Apple, for example, has they you have to be a part of the Apple Developer Program, which is ninety nine dollars a year, I believe it is, to even have access to the SDK to develop for it. With Pebble, there was nothing like that. You know, you you went onto Pebble's website, you clicked the little thing that said, I'm a developer, and they gave you all the tools you needed to write apps for it. You know, so much like, you know, Wear OS, uh, which 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 preceded, uh, succeeded Android Wear, um, it, it, it's, it's an open platform, so there's more apps available for it. Um, not to say that there aren't a plethora of apps for the Apple Watch, there definitely are. Uh, but 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 getting your hands on the development SDK for the Pebble OS was a lot easier, opening the door to a lot more indie developers. Yeah, and um, I brought that up to our next and final topic. Again, these oh transition, <laughs> these transitions. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, um, to our final topic uh, for this show is. Uh, Microsoft is now releasing a new Office app on iPadOS. Finally, uh, people have been using the different Office apps on their iPads for a while. I know I have. I've. Uh, I just have a few of them on my iPad, like Word and, you know, um, PowerPoint. I almost just called it Presenter. Um, PowerPoint, and they have to use them individually. Now this new app is actually just going to combine them all together into one office app like you would on office.com, like just Microsoft 365. Um, and it's really interesting to see because people have been just using this, like buckling under and just using the other apps and just trying to get by with that. But uh, we actually don't know of the release date for this, but I think it's going to be very interesting with iPad OS because uh, it brings a lot new stuff for Apple, and I wonder what Apple's going to do with that, and especially what they're going to allow to an extent, because I don't know if Teams is going to be its own app or if they're just going to exclude Skype, which I hope they do. Skype is awful. Please stop using it. Um, but I guess, what, what are your thoughts on it? This is, I'll be honest with you, this is the first time hearing about the uh, the new Office app. So I'm in, I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, I'm, 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 somewhat of a simplistic person i don't like downloading the you know 14 different apps that i have to to install to be able to you know change spreadsheets or you know presentations on the fly to 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 learn that there's going to be one centric spot for everything that that's 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 pretty cool i'm excited yeah, and I hope that uh, Apple plays nice with Microsoft. I know they have not in the past, but hopefully they allow uh, integrations with different pieces of Apple stuff, like you know the Apple keyboard. Hopefully that all plays nice, which I think it will, because it already works with Word and all the other stuff. But I'm curious to see if people are allowed to draw on either Word documents. They might be able to already, but with Apple Pencil. And 
are able to do a lot more in office because of the Apple Pencil. Hopefully, a lot of applications will support it, like presentation and, or, oh my gosh, PowerPoint, not presentation, PowerPoint. Um, Excel, like maybe changing uh, cells and stuff in Excel and making sure that uh, like you can write the equations yourself or, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. I th- I know I use my Microsoft Office 365 a lot, um, of course, at school because that's what they use. Um, I have not really touched Google in a while. That sounded, uh, that sounded, I meant their applications. Don't even, no, don't even go there. <laughs> I don't want to have to mark this one explicit. I've been doing a really good job not swearing. Don't go there. <laughs> no, I, I meant like, I, I, I almost use Google every day for search. Um, I don't use MSN or Bing or anything like that. I use Google a lot, but their actual applications, I actually... Using Office 365 for a while, I've actually preferred using their applications. Maybe it's just because I, I use them a lot more. But things even like Outlook, I really do like uh, the different options that I have versus like Gmail and, of course, Yahoo, which is, I I don't know. Yahoo is its own animal, I should say. I mean, I guess, do you have any thoughts on your Office 365 uh Usage versus Google usage. Uh, so, for those who don't know, I am in the process of starting a consultancy, and business has drummed up enough recently that I needed to start looking into uh, getting off of just the 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 uh, registrar provided webmail solution. Uh, so I recently had to vet out both. Uh, Microsoft's cloud platform, you know, the the new Microsoft 365 and and also G Suite. I don't believe it's still called G Suite, but it's what it's whatever succeeded G Suite. And there's something to be said for locally installable applications. That's ultimately what pushed me over the edge uh for uh for for choosing to put my consultancy on on Microsoft 365. I uh Spent the money. I set up a a, a Microsoft 365 tenant for uh, my consultancy. Um, I've had it for about a week now, and I, I have to say that I'm enjoying it. And I've been able to, you know, install local local installations of the entire Office suite on on the uh, the the laptops that I've that I've purchased for the company. Um, there, there's, in my opinion, there's nothing that beats locally install apps. Locally install installable applications i understand that the 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 google drive suite has you know offline versions of of their entire product lineup so you know if you need to modify a google doc on the road if you need to modify a google presentation on the road you can do so using offline but you have to set that up um the the biggest kicker for for switching to uh, Microsoft 365 for, for my company was the ability to, you know, open a laptop quick while we're on the road, while we're doing, you know, sales pitches, whatever, open a laptop, throw in a thumb drive, modify the presentation quick, whatever, give it to the next person and you're all good to go. We didn't have to have any sort of an internet connection for, and I know that that's, I know that I'm nitpicking here. I realize that it's, I'm a man of simplicity. <laughs> it's it's the convenience for me. So that's that's what that's what 
pushed me over the edge for uh, for Microsoft 365 instead of going with the uh, the Google business Google for Google Apps for Business. What what is that called? Google Workspace. It's Google, Google Workspace. Workspace now. I guess um, uh, a lot of businesses are preferring uh, Microsoft because they're the king of the hill ever since they came out with Office. I guess. Uh, well, that's just it. With with the Microsoft 365 tenancy, I get access to Teams, which is what pretty much the entire world is switched to now, anyways. So, customers, I can just you know invite them to a Teams call, and you know everything. Yeah, hunky dory. Instead of sending them a Skype link, having them try joining 60 million times and it doesn't work or they're too choppy or it doesn't work. or Right. If you're using Skype, please stop. There's Teams. It's so much better. Do every single consultant in the world like myself a favor and ditch Skype. Ditch Skype. Actually, Microsoft will be uh, ditching Skype, but maybe that'll be a, a topic for a different episode. Um, so I guess we are good to close out. Thank you guys so much for watching or watching, listening, 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 listening. It's been a long day. Listening. <laughs> Go to bed. Uh, I will in a little bit. I still have homework to do. But um, again, thank you guys for, for listening to our podcast. <laughs> um, it will be it is now uh, this should be a piece of news that we should put it in there. But uh, it is available now on Apple Podcasts. We are both on Apple. Po- I put this in the pre-show notes. We didn't get to it, but uh, we are both on Apple Podcasts. And I got an email yesterday. We are on Google Podcasts now as well. Uh, so yes. Just uh, search up uh, Weezing Wide View on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, I believe we might be on Overcast as well now. Yes, uh, we are still waiting on Spotify. Uh, we, we will probably get that going here pretty soon, so bear with us. But in the meantime, we are so available on so many different platforms, and also you can find the episodes on our website. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I guess we'll see you next time. Or next week, I should say. Seriously, Garrett, go to bed. I know.